millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. Naturalhempoil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. Visit naturalhempoil.com. That's naturalhempoil.com. When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new ebooks titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. 
www.fighterflare.com. Order now. Something wicked is coming this way, and only fools are ignoring the signs. So it's time you became a financial prepper like thousands of others. Gold can travel anywhere. It's international. It's its own currency. Allocate to gold now, the timeless safe haven asset. Open an IRA with noble gold investments to physically hold coins and bars and let real, tangible gold, not just paper, save your portfolio as the economy burns again. Right now, Noble Gold Investments offers a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin with every qualified IRA. Just use the promo code code GOLD to claim your free coin and secure your family's financial future. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. noblegoldinvestments.com This performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. RPN is not responsible for the views, actions, statements, or opinions of its guests, advertisers, or even its viewers. The information contained in this program is not to be construed as medical or legal advice. An appearance on this platform is not necessarily an endorsement, but as always, we encourage you to do your own research. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Saturday Night Live Stream. If you're over there in the Rumble chat, do me a favor, please hit that like button on your way in. Zig Ziglar knows best. The time is always 9 p.m. on Saturdays. It actually should tell you that in the Rumble, I guess, window before I go live. For those of you who are out there, thank you again for liking the show. Thank you for sharing the show. Thank you for helping me by putting it out there on your favorite social media platform. My guest tonight is Jack Roth, author, filmmaker, journalist Jack Roth. He's produced a number of documentary films, and his latest book is called Killing Kennedy, Exposing the Plot, the Cover-Up, and the Consequences. Jack and I are going to be speaking tonight for a full hour We're not going to be doing calls tonight. I had a migraine today, guys, so we're just going to do the one hour, and hopefully Jack will come back and join us in the future. And of course, if you have any questions, all you got to do is put them into the Super Chats, the Rumble Rants, the Gold Pills over there on Foxhole, and I'll be happy to ask them throughout the show as time permits. And somebody tell the Rumble Chat to go ahead and refresh, because we are live. All right, without further ado, please sit back, relax, grab your popcorn, and I'll be right back after this with my guest, Jack Roth. All right, good evening and welcome to the program. Please join me in welcoming our guest for this evening, Mr. Jack Roth. Jack, how are you, sir? I'm great. Thank you, and thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm glad that your people reached out because this is a topic of great interest to me. I think like many people, the, the assassination of JFK was 
I mean, literally my first red pill at eight years old, I, I, I learned about it, the circumstances and realized that uh, it's a pretty messed up world we live in where elements of our own government could kill a duly elected president. And it pretty much set me down some rabbit holes from the get go. Um, real briefly, before we get into it over on Rumble, Trisha says, did you see the Rumble rants I posted three hours ago? No, unfortunately, the way that Rumble works um, when the show refreshes to uh, actually begin the stream Anything that was there previously is erased, and so I, I don't know what it was, but if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and just drop the content of it back into the chat, and I'll have Lisa make sure that she tells me exactly what it is, and we'll get your questions for, for Mr. Roth. Uh, so, Jack, as you know, as I just said, you know the subject of great interest to me, uh, what is your interest in the Kennedy assassination? Uh- you know, it's funny. Same thing. Uh, when I was a kid, I was born in 1965. So okay. I was born a couple of years after it. Uh, but what I did grow up seeing were the ripple effects, uh, you know, late 60s, early 70s. Right. So you had the counterculture movement, mm-hmm. Vietnam War, Richard Nixon, Watergate. Right. So I was like, OK, I, I, I'm, I was born two years Two, two years too late. Apparently I missed the good times. So <laughs> <laughs> in this country. So, uh, and, and when I was a kid, again, growing up, I don't know how old I was, but at some point I remember realizing, uh, un- understanding the Kennedy assassination and then realizing that this guy, Jack Ruby walked into a police station filled with police officers and detectives, uh, surrounding this guy, right? Uh, walked right up to him shot him, killed him, prevented him from talking, prevented Mm -hmm. him from having his day in court. And I tell people, that's all you need to know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I I think for critical thinkers like us, right, because we were like, wait a minute, that's not right. Right. So you all immediately there's a conspiracy. You know, there's a conspiracy. You're Mm -hmm. not quite sure what it is yet, (laughs) but you're like, well, something's rotten in the state of Denmark right there. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you believe that Ruby was such a fan of Jackie's that he wanted to spare her a trial, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, from that moment on, I started to, you know, I, I would read a book here and there. And then, of course, 1991, Oliver Stone, JFK. Oh, yeah. And that, that movie. Yeah. That movie inspired me as it did probably millions i mean really mm-hmm. did and he he did a great job of just piquing your interest mm-hmm. so you had to now oh well i'm going to do my own research so i read a ton of books but what's interesting is what happened was it was right when covid had started right before i was talking to a friend of mine and uh who lives in england and i said you know i really want to write a book about jfk and he he said he asked me a really important question he said what book could you write that's different than the thousands of books already written about it. What could you add to that? What could you contribute? And he made me think about it, which was a good thing because I said, well, you know, I'm a journalist by trade. It's just my background. I know how to interview people and I know how to ask the right questions. So we started tossing around these ideas and these themes. It it kept coming up over and over again. Ripple effects, why it still matters, the cost of conspiracy, present day relevance and and that became important so i realized this this was a clear theme that was starting to develop so i knew i wanted to get the right people people who were in certain fields and so whether they were researchers whether their fathers were in the cia 
And I just started doing the interviews and I started asking them questions based on what their expertise was, but also asked everyone the same questions, which were, what have been the ripple effects and why does it still matter? And it turned into a fascinating journey for me. And I, I can't, I can't tell you how happy I am that I decided to write this because it's, I've met some amazing people. It's been a lot of fun, uh, and a little sobering as well, might I add. But, uh, but it was, that was, that's, that's the genesis of how it, how it started. Well, I was going to ask what sets apart your research from, you know, the multitudes of other uh, Kennedy assassination books that are out there. You just answered that. What's really interesting to me, the idea of interviewing children of people who were in the CIA at the time that Kennedy was assassinated. You know, I know I know what I believe. What do you think about uh, the the actual cadre of people that uh, kind of orchestrated and, and, and planned and then executed the Kennedy assassination. I mean, you know, I'll, spoiler alert, I think the CIA had a large part to do with it. But what, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, and I agree. And, I, you know, listen, I, I what I try to do in the book is have let the interviews speak for themselves. Right. So they're providing these this compelling new insight. Uh, some of it is insight that people have heard, but th- there's a lot of new insights in there. And I think when you read the whole thing and then I, what I did at the conclusion uh, I said, well, okay, based on what I've heard and learned, I can say some things with confidence. Uh, and a couple are that I, at that point, when I was done with this, I, I felt like JFK was killed by cold warriors. And what I mean by that is, so he's, it's the cold war. You have these guys and what I, the cold war is a lot of the CIA. All right. So, mm-hmm. you know, Alan Dulles, James Angleton, Cord Meyer, all these guys. And, uh, the, and you're right. The CIA, it kept going back and people kept, when we talked about it, kept going back to the CIA. Uh, and there were other elements. There were other elements because people always say, well, why, why, why couldn't the mob have just done it? And I tell people the mob was happy to help. <laughs> yeah. Let's just put yeah. it that way. Happy to help. They hated the Kennedys. Mm-hmm. The CIA would contract the mob in those times, especially during the Cold War, to do things like this for them, to mm-hmm. take out people they needed taken out because the mob yep. was good at it. So that's where the mob comes in. If anyone says, oh, I saw this guy in Dealey Plaza, he's the guy, the Detroit mob guy, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or the Chicago or Tampa Bay. So that certainly was part of it. But yeah, I mean, it's, 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 there's a lot to that to say that the CIA was involved and there's, there's some things there that, uh, I can unpack further, but it's that. And I also am very confident in saying that Lee Harvey Oswald never fired a gun that day. Good. I'm glad to hear it. I, I, I feel the exact same way. So yes, I want you to unpack more about CIA involvement, but just to the, the point that you were making, you know, I think that, uh, kind of a, a trap that people fall into is that they, uh, in general, humanity, we, we want an easy answer. We want to be able to point a finger and say, you know, it's it's this or that. It's black or white. Uh, you know, it's the mob or it's the CIA or, you know, it's Cuban revolutionaries. I mean, you know, the, 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 the best way for something like this to be pulled off would be for it to be a 
like a wide ranging conspiracy, you know, I mean, elements of many different places, you've got to have uh, different organizations of people and networks of people so that you can pull it off and successfully keep things compartmentalized. And who better to keep things compartmentalized than our own intelligence agencies and organized criminal elements here in the United States? I mean, it just makes so much sense. Yeah. And people have to realize that during the Cold War, and especially around that time in the early 60s, the CIA was at the height of its unbridled power. Mm-hmm. And I, I use the phrase modus operandi. The CIA was really good at this stuff. Oh, yeah. They were doing it all over the world. They had done it in South America, Central America, Africa, coup d'etats, rigging elections, uh, you know, uh, and, and all with plausible deniability mm-hmm. because The CIA's mandate, official mandate, is to simply collect foreign intelligence. That's what the CIA is supposed to do. The FBI handles domestic. Mm -hmm. The CIA collects foreign intelligence. Mm -hmm. So they were doing a heck of a lot more than collecting foreign intelligence in those days. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. completely out of control. Uh, no oversight whatsoever. So that's what people have to understand. I said it's the times in which Kennedy governed that got him killed. The Cold War, the early 60s, Cuban Missile Crisis, Bay of Pigs, these cold warriors who had a lot of power, the Alan Dulleses, the Curtis LeMays, uh, uh, the Clint Murchisons, the, these people who just really had a ton of power. And they were all cold warriors because they were from World War II. And they, you know, for, for them, collateral damage in a nuclear War was okay because mm-hmm. sure. we had first strike capabilities. So they, Kennedy literally learned that the CIA and the Joint Chiefs of Staff had come up with this idea of doing a uh, false flag event. Okay. And that they were going to do something and blame it on Cuba. Mm-hmm. So then they could just nuke Cuba, like just not just completely obliterate it off the face of the earth. And when Kennedy heard about it, Kennedy was, I think, he was probably so appalled. I, I, and I, this is what I heard from people who did the research on this. But he's like, there's no way I'm approving that. There's no way that's happening. And they didn't care. They just, you know, the, the Cold Warrior mentality and mindset is an important thing to understand in understanding why the CIA and elements of other parts of our government and the mob were involved in killing him. Was that Operation Was that Operation Northwoods or was that Northwoods. Operation Mongoose? Okay, Northwoods. Okay, that's Northwoods. Mongoose. Yeah, yeah. Mongoose was Cuba, uh, and what was interesting there is they kind of so they're doing mongoose right. Mm-hmm. They're they're training people in the swamps of Louisiana, Operation Mongoose the, because Cuban exiles they were a, a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. And they didn't care what they had to do to get Cuba back, you know, and, and rid it of Castro. So they had lost their families. They had lost their businesses. So they wanted revenge. So we were happy to oblige. Certainly the CIA was, et cetera. Uh, and Kennedy had backed Mongoose up until a certain point. Mm-hmm. But so Mongoose, a lot of people think the things that they were doing in Mongoose, they just turned it inward. So mm-hmm. a lot of the things that they were planning to do to Castro or wanted to do to Castro, they just turned all of that inward mm-hmm. and said, well, let's do it in Dallas. Yep. Yeah. And we get rid of this guy. It makes total sense. You know, it's difficult for people to, to, to reconcile 
in today's world, because we look back at, at the legacy of John F. Kennedy and we think, you know, oh, my God, he was an amazing man. He was doing great things. I don't care. He was a Democrat. He did wonderful things for America. But people back then in, in like, you know, these cold warriors you're talking about, they saw Kennedy as a true threat to the American Republic, you know, that he was allowing communism to creep its way into the Western Hemisphere and that that was simply just a bridge too far. They couldn't allow it to happen. Correct. And I tell people because things were so different in the early 1960s. Yeah. Uh, you know, for, so we, it's hard to take. It's, it's like Abraham Lincoln. I mean, saying Republican Democrat, things yeah. were different yeah. then, right? So yeah. even in the sixties, yes, it was at, at that point, you know, a conservative, liberal, blah, 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 but it was so different. The landscape was so different. And at that time, it really was a, an extreme right wing conspiracy to kill Kennedy mm-hmm. because it was the warmongers. It was the person that the people that wanted the neocons. perpetual war. Yep, correct. Yep, yep, they yep. were making billions and they were going to make billions on Vietnam. You know, listen, <laughs> it's interesting, but people say to me, well, that's a Kennedy man. Wow. He had some brass, you know, like, and I'm like, mm-hmm. well, listen, I think that was the moment we all learned, including Kennedy, mm-hmm. that the president, doesn't really have that much power. Just a figurehead. Yeah. Just a figurehead, no matter what party they're from. Yeah. So, so Kennedy comes into office and there's hubris there, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's Harvard educated. The guy, you know, it's, the family's wealthy, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. He's got, Bo- he's got Bobby there as an attorney general. Like it's his brother, it's his brother. It's his right hand man. So mm-hmm. they're like, we have power. We have real power here and we're going to change things. So goodbye, Alan Dulles. Because you lied to me about the Bay of Pigs. Yep. All right. So goodbye, you. And and then also I'm going to I'm going to splinter the CIA into a million pieces. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, by the way, Bobby, I know the mob helped us get elected, but now let's go after them. <laughs> that was not a let's good get, move either. <laughs> let's get let's get rid of the Federal Reserve, which is, yep. was not the worst idea at all. Mm-hmm. But you can't just do that because now you're getting in the Rockefeller territory you're getting in the robber baron territory like the oldest families and the wealthiest and the most powerful families in the not only the united states but the world who have a vested interest in things like the federal reserve and the cia and these wars so Mm -hmm. he 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 angered a lot of very 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 powerful people but i think and i've talked about this to a lot of people and they say that they Kennedy didn't think they'd have the gall to kill him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they can't yeah. kill their own president. Come on, you know. And uh, but boy, they felt like they had to. Sure. Because if Ken if Kennedy wins in sixty four, then Bobby wins in sixty eight and seventy two. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah. of course, we know they eliminated him. Someone did. So that would have been sixteen years of the Kennedys. The public loved the Kennedys. <laughs> so it was like the Camelot. The public, for the most part, really liked what the Kennedys were all about. Mm-hmm. They were, they were different. They, and, and what I, the sad part about it though, is that I always say Kennedy truly was our last great hope for world peace. Mm-hmm. And when they killed him, these neocons, these guys, they solidified their power. And any president since then who's taken office, I guarantee you they show them the Zapruder film. 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, look at what they did to Ronald Reagan. You know, I mean, I think Ronald Reagan was planning to stand up to stand up to this kind of military industrial complex. And it wasn't long before they attempted to assassinate him. And he is, you know, by the grace of God, he lived through that, um, you know. But I mean, I, I think he thought that he was choosing a bit of a compromise with George H.W. Uh, Bush as his vice president. But, you know, I mean, they were salivating at the mouth. They had no problem taking out another president. Yep. And they would do whatever they want to do, whatever they think is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, because another thing I learned in this book, and, and I'm happy that it became a theme, is the idea of elitism, the, the mentality of elitism. And what I mean by that is this. Alan Dulles, he would recruit almost exclusively from Harvard and Yale uh, to, to the CIA. It was elite blue bloods. And what I mean by blue blood, you know, family came off the Mayflower. Mm-hmm. One of your uncles or fathers was a robber baron, made billions <laughs> off the backs of others. But Kennedy, people saw the Kennedys went to Harvard. They had money. And it's like, okay, Joe was a bootlegger. Not, mm-hmm. Now, the robber barons were also crooks. So, okay, fine. But they were Irish Catholic. Mm-hmm. They were outsiders. For these blue blood elites, the Kennedys were outsiders mm-hmm. and would never be accepted. And an attitude, part of the attitude of elitism is from the time you're being spoon fed as a child, they're telling you, your nanny is telling you and your parents are telling you that you deserve to rule over others. It's family. It's it's in our blood. We're smarter. We're better. The masses are nothing. We need to control them. This is the way it goes. So when you have that mentality, by the time you're in Harvard and Yale in the skull of bo- skull and bones, mm-hmm. and here comes Alan Dulles recruiting you like, okay, listen, this is what we need to do. Okay, yeah. You know, and then you get into the closed door meetings. It's like, oh, it'll probably wound up killing a million Vietnamese, but we're going to make billions. Okay. Yep. <laughs> because they have that mentality. <laughs> they don't care about other people. <laughs> Well, you know, and just thinking about the lasting consequences of uh, of this act, you know, I mean, it, it feels to me like the neocons won. They have been the ones who have been running this country, regardless of who what political party is in power. And even more than that, large subtext of the CIA having way too much power here in America. And on that note of recruiting at the Ivy League institutions and skull and bones, I mean, take a look at the presidents we've had up until President Trump. I mean, virtually everyone was a bonesman. Everyone had been to one of these elite, uh, uh, you know, uh, gl- universities on the East Coast. And and so it makes me wonder, you know, how many of the presidents have we have since Kennedy was assassinated have actually been recruited as an asset of the CIA. I mean, who was there doing the job specifically for our intelligence community, keeping up the air of a a democracy? Right. Well, they've certainly worked hand in glove ever since. I mean, Lyndon Johnson was chomping at the bit to get rid of Kennedy because Lyndon Johnson is another thing I learned through doing this book was and a complete and utter sociopath mm-hmm. and was a man that was just a bad guy. I mean, in so many ways and, and people read that chapter and they can do their own research, but man. So, and the Kennedys realized that was a mistake to have Johnson on the ticket, but it was, they needed him for that election, but then soon realized 
this guy. I mean, the stuff that he was doing in Texas before he was even at that level, scary, horrifying. Can, well, and, can you give me an example? I, I have heard that he was a bad guy, but I haven't heard anything specific. Uh, good old boy network stuff in Texas where mm-hmm. everything is, you know, you do uh, there. There were a couple people that he was very close with. One was Billy Solestis, who was an, a complete and utter con man. Uh, I don't like to go into detail. People can look this up. Uh, Mac Wallace was his, what I call his henchman. Uh, and Mac Wallace literally killed people for him. He killed, he literally killed this one person, went to trial for it, and then got like two months probation. This is all oh, Texas. Wow. This is all that the judges, the, the, the people, there was so much. You want to talk about crooked, mm-hmm. right? You want to talk about, whoa, that Texas was one of the worst places. I say Louisiana, Texas, Chicago, Illinois. <laughs> so, but, uh, so yeah. So, uh, but the point is, is that Johnson pro, he's like, listen, I'll give you Vietnam. I'll do whatever you want me to do. And we'll throw in a civil rights act there and you know, make people happy. That's what sure. they do. <laughs> so, yeah. And so Johnson makes them billions, makes himself billions. Uh, and we're followed, followed by Richard Nixon, Watergate. These are the worst people on the face of the earth. <laughs> and, and they're running, they're, they're the presidents of the United States, the, them and all their people. Uh, you know, and then everyone after just played along and they, they might have had more or less tie, certainly George Bush Sr. And then, you know, by extension, George Bush Jr. We don't even have to get into that, the whole Bush mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So yeah. they were CIA through and through. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was play along or you get a bullet, you say in the back of the head, I would say in the front side, throat. <laughs> you know, or you, you might get, get two bullets. like Vince Foster if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, um, it's, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's horrifying. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a morbid <laughs> subject, but you got to have a little bit of fun with it. You do. Um, no, no. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you do. But so yeah. let me ask you this. Let me ask you this because uh, some some new information in recent years has come out about uh, Jack Nixon specifically, um, or excuse me, Richard Nixon specifically. Um, apparently, the CIA had infiltrated the Watergate the Watergate break in team. And there has been some speculation that perhaps Watergate was more about taking down crooked people that were in either the CIA and, or, or the DNC. And I'm just wondering if any of that came up in uh, in your research. Yeah, there was there were inklings of that. Uh, uh, e. Howard Hunt, as you know, yes, uh, was one of the burglars, Watergate burglars. He was also associated with the Cuban exiles, and mm-hmm. it, w- it was linked to the Kennedy assassination. Mm-hmm. I interviewed his son, his son St. John Hunt. Oh, which is he, inc- he's an interesting guy. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. So a lot came out of these interviews with the with the sons and daughters of, of those CIA people. But he basically said uh, it, it wasn't quite a, a deathbed confession, but they say it is. But it wasn't. But he did say he told his son, uh, I was I was on the periphery of that. But mm-hmm. he named a button. You know, he said, well, you know, you know, Angleton and, uh, you know, Dulles and this guy and that guy and uh, uh, Morales. Uh, and, you know, he mentioned a couple couple other people, William Harvey. Uh, these are the guys that they wanted me to be more involved. But see, he was good at logistics. So mm-hmm. his thing would have been to be in Dallas that day 
And we know he was in Dallas that day. He tried to lie about it, but he was. Mm-hmm. And his thing would have been, okay, how do I, how do I get these guys in, in safe houses and out? He was really good at that. So it was all the logistics because all these people were coming from everywhere. Like we talked about the CIA is like, we're not just getting, we're getting guys from France. We're getting guys from Chicago. We're getting, you know, the best. So, you know, they, and, and they did it on purpose to not only confuse the narrative, but to confuse the narrative, even with the people who were involved. So I, I was told that there were people who were told that day to be in Dealey Plaza. Mm-hmm. But they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. And if you talk to people, they'll say and one assassin would be, oh, hey, I know that guy. He's an assassin. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe he he didn't do anything that day, but he was there that day. Sure. So and and then it's it's that it's that not only plausible deniability of the CIA, but also you better whatever you may or may not find out. You were there that day. So Mm -hmm. you, you know, you better watch yourself, you know, like watch what you say or don't say. So they knew what they were doing and it was, it was an operation. It was definitely an intelligence operation, military intelligence operation. So, so, you know, what's so interesting about that is that, um, you know, to that point, there are so many competing theories about, you know, who was involved and who was there that day. I mean, and it seems like everyone has some piece of information that correlates with what they're saying. And and it would make so much sense, you know, create mass confusion by having all of these players that show up, but that don't even necessarily have any direct uh, involvement in what's going on. You know, just the fact that you're there, you're on film, and then people say, oh, my God, you know, I saw this guy with the brown hat on the on the grassy knoll, and he was acting in this way, you know. But then you know, there's nothing else that indicates that person might have been a shooter or something like that. But, you know, it just it makes a lot of sense that they would cause some mass confusion. Yeah, and, and one of the people I interviewed, her name is Chana Willis, and she's kind of, she, her, she just came out with her story. She's in the section of the book that's actually titled My Father Was in the CIA. So her father was in the CIA and what her, uh, he was a CIA operative. He was an asset, <laughs> naval intelligence. He was uh, photography, aerial photography, any kind of photography. So uh, with the spy planes, all that stuff. So long story short was him. They were moved to Dallas shortly before the assassination. He was told to get a team together and that it was a photo op operation that you were going to be in certain spots taking photos of the presidential motorcade as it came through. Mm-hmm. Never told why. So here you have, okay, well, maybe it's to make sure every the way we plan the way we plan the president's safety. Right. So maybe we have the film and we know where we should put people next time and whatever. They don't know. They're not told exactly why. This guy, her father, is told to be at a certain place at a certain time. One of the members of his team is Lee Harvey Oswald. Mm, okay. <laughs> Photography. Yeah. Remember how, and people might remember hearing bits and pieces of this, Oswald had all these really small cameras. Mm-hmm. And they were, it was spycraft. They were, they, were, they were intelligence apparatus, right? So he was really good at that. And mm-hmm. Oswald, you know, he knew how to use cameras. He knew how to develop film. He knew how to do all of that stuff that started in naval intelligence when he was there and then continued when he was a CIA asset, which is a, I say that very casually, but that's a huge part of this whole story is that 
Oswald was a CIA asset. He was an intelligence agent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but anyway, so he's part of this guy's team. And the one guy, the guy, the main guy, Chain, his father is on the grass, grassy knoll area on the hill. And he's told to shoot, photograph, whatever is going on there. And when they went back years later with the family and Chain was there, the dad walked up to that area and just literally had a thousand mile stare like he'd been in vietnam for a dozen years like you know that oh, wow. stare where it's just like and and chain is like dad dad are you okay and he couldn't speak and she's convinced that he was there that day but he was there that day but she's convinced he was right there yes. so he probably saw Line the side. guy right and it's just like and what happened was he was supposed to take someone was supposed to grab the film from him take it to oswald do that. So everyone had a little role to play. But mm-hmm. what he told Chena was, and this is the important part, he said, I guarantee, I know Oswald did not shoot a gun that day because mm-hmm. I know what he was supposed to be doing. Yeah. And right before the assassination, they found out exactly what was going to happen. And now what they do is they say, you can't get out of this. You can't. This is your orders. This is what you're doing. If you dare to get at it, think you're going to get out of this. They threaten your entire family. Oh, sure. They yeah, don't, we've, they don't. Yeah, we've got a gunman threaten. outside your kid's school and there's two people yeah, in these exactly. buildings that will shoot you if you walk away. <laughs> well, they don't threaten them. Mm-hmm. They threaten them, but they know that some of these guys are tough. They've been in war. They don't care. They yeah. kill me. I don't care. But when you kill your family. Right. So Oswald, obviously, Marina, he has two small daughters. Yeah, They knew they had to be there. They knew they had to wait for their orders, whatever those orders might be. So you have this. It's an incredible story, and not many people know about it yet. Uh, Chena will it'll get out there. She's trying to finish her book, but I was fortunate enough to be able to interview her. So it, when you think about that, though, my God, and he's like, I, I, Oswald did not, and the dad was adamant about it, and mm-hmm. he was also terrified because his daughter Millions of people every day are reaping the health benefits of using cannabis oil, also known as CBD. This new product derived from hemp has fascinated doctors and scientists around the world for its powerful effects on the human body. If you are in need of alternative methods for health empowerment, please visit www.naturalhempoil.com. That's www.naturalhempoil.com. CBD is now legal in over 40 states, and our products are non-psychoactive and contain less than 0.3% THC levels. We also offer products for household pets. NaturalHempOil.com does not claim to treat cancer, PTSD, epilepsy, anxiety, insomnia, joint pain, eczema, or any chronic condition that you may have been diagnosed with. Please consult with a doctor before you take CBD. Results may vary, so give our natural CBD a try at www.NaturalHempOil.com. That's www.NaturalHempOil.com. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. 
Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. That's why tens of thousands are using this amazing little device from SavePowerBills.com. It's a small but smart gadget that stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your electronics. Just plug it into your home's wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Order now to get 65% off plus many free bonuses before they sell out by going to SavePowerBills.com. That's SavePowerBills.com. Order now. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Between mass shootings, homicides, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjacking, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight includes an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope and wire cutter, siren, high and low LED lighting modes, and much more. Simply place your order now to get 66% off along with many other free bonuses before they sell out by going to www.fighterflare.com. Order now at www.fighterflare.com fighterflare.com A human catastrophe is closing in. Nobody knows how far this one is going to go. You can feel the heat as tension is rising globally. War is expensive. Open a Noble Gold Investments IRA today, and you can claim a free 3-ounce silver American virtue coin. Just use the promo code GOLD. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com now. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Investing in precious metals, including gold, involves risks. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Daughter kept asking questions, and even till he was an old man, he's like, Cheney, you got to stop asking questions. They'll they'll just kill you. They won't even wow. warn you. You know. So yeah, it's it's intense. That's great. Well, I can't wait to read the book now. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> you know. And um, are are you familiar with uh, Judith Very Baker? She uh, oh. alleged to be uh, have, having an affair with Lee Harvey Oswald. She's been a guest on. I'd like to know what you think about how. Uh, did you find anything with your research uh, that coincided with uh, her story? Yeah, I interviewed Judith. She's one of the, my chapters. She's in the chapter called New Orleans Summer of 63. Mm-hmm. And that part of the book could be, I think it's all fascinating, but that, boy, I'll tell you what. I interviewed some people. The things that were going on in New Orleans in the summer of 63 will blow your mind. Oh, yeah. So, but, but from Judith's standpoint, so she's, she is a brilliant young girl at the time, graduates high school, supposed to get an internship at Tulane University with Tulane to start Tulane Medical School. And uh, under Alton Oshner, his program, he was a well-respected doctor and ran the Tulane University Medical School. Long, long story short there is that she met Oswald that summer, but it wasn't by accident mm-hmm. because Oswald was her handler. Mm-hmm. Oswald was supposed to get her to meet all these other people because she was going to be working on cancer experiments. She was doing this in high school. That's how mm-hmm. brilliant she was. Yeah. And when she got there, she was supposed to be working with a doctor by the name of Mary Sherman, who all mm-hmm. who got killed in very mysterious circumstances. And that's another Dr. chapter Mary's, of the book. Dr. Mary's monkey. <laughs> Dr. Yeah. Mary's monkey at, yep, at yep. Haslam. I interviewed him. So uh, what happens is, so she's meeting all these people, but her and Oswald, legitimately start to have an affair they fall in love they both speak russian her family's from that area and of course oswald was a was a fluent russian speaker he's a smart guy really smart guy very well read and so yeah she tells a story about she met clay shaw she became friends with david ferry she met jack ruby jack ruby was in david ferry's apartment with lee harvey oswald they all knew each other because you know oswald was mob Mm-hmm. total mob 
right? And then so Lee Oswald grew up with members of the mob in New Orleans. His mother dated Carlos Marcello's driver. So okay. Oswald, when he was younger, used to run little errands for Marcello. He used to do okay. he used to do little jobs and here and there, whatever. Uh, he never he never became full fledged mob. Instead, he went military. Mm-hmm. But Oswald knew all these people. They all knew each other. And Judith saw it all. But the one thing, man, that she told me that blew my mind is that uh, certainly in the fall of 63, Oswald's handlers tell him you're moving to Dallas. Mm-hmm. Okay. Marina and the kids are already there. He's going to go to Dallas. They get him a job at the Texas School Book Depository. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, <laughs> that his supervisor at this Texas School Book Depository is a man by the name of William Shelley. He's also a CIA operative. Okay. The Texas School Book Depository is, it's CIA, it's CIA infiltrated, if you will. It, 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 they do things for the CIA under the, under the guise of the Texas School Book Depository. I mean, they, they are the Texas School Book Depository, but it's infiltrated by the CIA. So they get him a job there. Why would they get him a job there doing that, right? So, but anyway, they do. Meantime, uh, Judith moves to, uh, Gainesville, Florida, because she goes to medical school there because she once she knew what was going on with these medical experiments and these cancer experiments, she was mortified, said something to Alton Oshner and Oshner reamed her and said, get out of here. Right. It, he was a bad guy, too. But and it was also CIA. Mm-hmm. So Judith goes to Gainesville. So now she's talking to Ferry and Oswald. There was a way they did their phone calls. Right. Mm-hmm. And because Ferry was friends with her and she talks about the last time she talked to Lee. It was a couple days, maybe a little less than a week before the assassination. They're on the phone. And, you know, now, listen, they had an affair, right? It, you know, Oswald's married. Judith is married. Mm-hmm. The husband is never there. It's the weirdest relationship. But nevertheless, so they're talking and Oswald's like, at that point, he's like, Judith, he's, he used to call her Jadivsky, something Russian. It was funny. Yeah. It was cute. Pet name. It's like, I don't think I'm going to get out of this one. And Judith's like, why? What are you talking about? And he's like, I, I can't leave, but I don't think I'm going to get out of this one. And, and, and she said, go to Mexico. I'll meet you in Mexico. <laughs> and he said, if I do that, they'll kill Marina. Yep. They'll kill the kids. I have to stay. But if I stay, there'll be one less gun pointed at Kennedy. Wow. Very cool. Very, very cool. Blew my mind. Blew my mind. <laughs> well, listen, we have to take a break for the second half of the show, guys. We'll be right back with Jack after this. Guys, I'm sorry. The uh, actual sponsor of the second half of the show is virtualshield.com forward slash redpill78. It is the highest rated VPN that you can get on the market. There's a 60-day money-back guarantee. You can test it out to determine if you like it. I use a VPN all the time. It keeps prying eyes off of your data. It's not just the uh, people on the internet like the government, but also uh, marketers and uh, and hackers are, are looking to grab your VPN, excuse me, your I. 
IPN and try to find exactly where you are. And they can do that uh, by getting into your browsing history. So virtualshield.com forward slash red pill 78. You can get it right now and save 73% off for life. Don't forget you get that free 60 day trial to test it out. So thank you very much to them for sponsoring the show. All right. What was your favorite interview uh, out of the book, Jack? Oh, good question. Fair, fair enough. Uh, They're all so good. Peter Janney talking about Mary Pincho Meyer. But then you got Judith talking about Lee. You have Ed Haslam <laughs> talking about Dr. Mary Mary's Mary's monkey, yeah. the book he wrote. But then St. John Hunt, or where we're both crying at one point in the interview. That's how hard it was for him. You realize the collateral damage that these fathers who were in the sea, you know, James Bond, right? But it all looks great from the outside, but the families were a mess. So what what was it about the situation? Was it the the guilt that he carried, knowing that his father had something to do with it? Was it the the weight of the relationship because his father was a spook? I mean, what, what was so difficult about it? Yeah, I would say a combination of all those things and more. So you have uh, in every case, when I spoke to these people, China, not so much, but everyone else, uh, where you had it's again, blue blood, Washington, D.C., Georgetown. All these people knew each other and they were with the CIA it was called the CIA family. It's it's once you're in the CIA family, it's like the mob. You're never out of the CIA family. It's once the an same, agent, always an agent. It's the same thing. And so what you have is these guys who start out patriots, cold warriors, we got to do what we got to do. And then the stuff they're doing slowly erodes them away. Yeah. And they start drinking like fish mm-hmm. and, 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 and you can't blame them. Right. And back then, what did people do? So, the, you know, it was like, let me have eight martinis. You know, yeah. that's what people, that's what men did. So that, Ripple effect of that. Now the mom, sometimes they start drinking and it, it, it really is very difficult on the mothers because every one of these guys is also having several affairs with other women. I mean, this is, I, I'm not making this up. It was part of what that was back then. It's just almost like Mad Men, that show mm-hmm. where they had yeah. their martinis for lunch and they were having affairs with everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a man's world for sure. So 100%. But then you had their kids who were raised by nannies because they had money. You got paid real well in the CIA. Uh, but they had no connection, especially for the most part with their fathers because their fathers were either not there or when they were there, they were so stressed out that, whoa, who wants to be around dad? Not to say they didn't have moments. I mean, in the end, St. John had a really good relationship with E. Howard Hunt. Chena always had a good relationship with her father. They had they had their relationships, but they were strained by all these things. So these guys literally, and a lot of them just drank themselves to death. I mean, they they James Angleton before he died, right before he died. So James Jesus Angleton, who was just known as an evil guy, he was head of foreign intelligence for the CIA, big way up. James Angleton. He was a master at uh, psychological warfare. 
And so that you can't even imagine the things he did over the course of his 40, 50 year career. He said right before he died, he said, these guys that I worked with did not care who they had to kill or eliminate as a means to an end. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he goes, they're all dead now, but I'm going to be joining all of them in hell very soon mm. in hell. Poignant. What does that say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> I would probably be drinking a lot too if I thought that's where I was going to end up. You know, I can only imagine. I mean, you know, and, and, and I can I can see how this would take its toll on a person and on their family. I mean, the the collective, uh, <clears throat> obviously the guilt, but but also you know just the uh, the weight of the situation. I mean, waking up every day and knowing that you had taken part in something terrible, or you know, knowing that you had gotten involved as as an agent, or you know, got into work in federal service because you love your country and you want to serve the nation, and then the next thing you know, you're killing babies. In South America, and you're setting up coups in Eastern Europe, and you're killing presidents here in America. You know, because I mean, you you reach a certain point, and there is no point of, of return. I mean, you know, that's it. You, the only way forward is forward. You can't turn around. You can't tell them, "Hey, guys, I'm starting to get a little queasy about the things we're doing." Okay, you know, you say that, then, like you said earlier, your your family ends up dead, or you know, certainly you're going to get a warning that your family is going to end up dead if uh, if they're if they're kind enough to do that for you first, right? Or they'll retire you and yeah. say, you know, well, you had a mental breakdown or etc. You just don't drop some acid in your coffee and push you out a five story window, (laughs) which listen, that's another thing I learned. I knew about MK ultra, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, and at this point, a lot of the CIA programs that used to be conspiracy theories are, are fact now. Yes. That they're fact. Their conspiracies was the cover up of these things that they were doing. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, MK Ultra was a real thing. They started yep. with right after World War II. They took half the guys, the Nazi scientists who were doing it in the concentration camps, and they yep. got them over here because they were good at it. Right? It wasn't just Werner von Braun. It wasn't just the guy with the rockets, the race to the moon. Because mm-hmm. we can that we can feel good about. But what about the guys who were lobotomizing people and you know and doing these horrible experiments? It's all mind control. Yes. You know, it, it, it's it. That's all it is. And that's what they that was their main thing. So, yeah, you have these things and they know what they're capable of because they're part of it. So they're like, I'm just going to do my thing. I'm going to drink a lot because I need to numb the pain, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to retire. I'll make good money, you know, whatever. But there's collateral damage. There's always collateral damage because kids are kids are fragile. Right. So mm-hmm. when kids are growing up and they see things or they hear things, eh, it sticks with them. St. John was amazing because he had, he's had, he's, he's struggled in life because of this, because of his dad, simply because his dad was E. Howard Hunt and he loved his father. <laughs> See, he, he loved his father. What a but dichotomy, was, you know? I mean, yes. like having the knowledge, but then at the same time, it's your dad. You know, what do you, are you, are you just going to call him a monster? Are you going to cut him out of your life? Or are you just going to try to look past that? Right. And he yeah. wasn't a monster. That's the thing. He talks about like he would he, when when his dad was older and they were talking about the Kennedy stuff, he would say, Dad, you know, I could see because St. John was like almost that, that the generation after was the counterculture movement. Mm-hmm. Right. These were the kids who were like questioning all that. Peter Janney, same thing. They're like, Dad, what are you what are you talking about? Right. Like, so St. John would say, 
Dad, so what was that whole thing in Guatemala, mm-hmm. the coup there? It wound up killing 100,000 Guatemalans. The guy was democratically elected, but yet you had to go in there and do what you did. And it caused the deaths of 100,000 Guatemalans. And his dad said, it was about communism. Mm-hmm. Always it's about communism. Always. Because <laughs> yeah. that was... But I'm sure that made him feel better to say that because he doesn't sure. want to know that that it was like, no, it was communism. No, it was the United Fruit Company. And mm-hmm. it was Alan Dulles and John Dulles having an enormous amount of shares in the United Fruit Company. Yeah. So, like, they could justify it any way they wanted. But the truth is the truth. Absolutely. <clears throat> so you mentioned uh, the, the lasting consequences of the Kennedy assassination. I want to go back a little bit further because. Uh, MK Ultra is another, uh, you know, uh, big subject of research for me and even more Project Paperclip, because I've often thought that although the allies officially won the war, uh, that Nazi brain trust, you know, like the best and brightest out of the uh, uh, the SS and the Nazi scientists. I mean, they came to America and you know, a lot of them went to uh, Russia as well, but I tend to think we got the best ones <clears throat> and they they implemented uh, a lot of the things that they were doing over there uh, during World War II for the Germans. And uh, I think that it, it's, it would be naive to believe that the only thing that came over was their research. You know, they infiltrated themselves into the scientific community here in America, into the intelligence community, even into politics. And and we had people, uh, Zbigniew Brzezinski, I don't know really what his uh, history was, but I know he's v- vaguely European. Uh, obviously, uh, we have Richard or, or uh, Henry Kissinger, who was a German guy. You know, I mean, people took positions of power. Uh, in the United States. And I, I have to believe that there was an impact on America and on American life in general as a result of that. Did, did you think about that as you were writing this book, the, 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 the Germans and the Nazis and how that could have influenced what happened? Yeah, it definitely did. And it was one of the most shocking things I learned. Mm-hmm. Now, I knew about Operation Paperclip, the basics, Werner von Braun, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, the, the, the space race. But what I found out was by far the most sobering part of this whole journey for me. Before World War II ended, you had the OSS, which was the precursor to the CIA. So a lot of these guys, Alan Dulles, they were all part of that. Before the war ended, they knew, okay, that first of all, communism was going to be the real enemy. Mm -hmm. Right. Cold War was going to start even before the World War II ended. Yeah, we were fighting the Nazis. We defeated the Nazis. But you know what? A lot of these elitist guys, blue bloods, they, they were funding the liked, Nazis. <laughs> they kind of liked the Nazis. Yeah, yeah. They, they, were, they were funding them in the 30s. George Bush's father, Prescott, <laughs> was part. He was funding them in, through his bank. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these guys, because that they shared that elitist attitude, mm-hmm. right? White Anglo-Saxon Protestant, everyone else can die. Mm-hmm. And they, and, and you, I, Henry Ford, all the, John Rockefeller, uh, they, so many of these guys were so anti-Semitic. I'm telling you, they liked the Nazis. They loved Joseph, Go- Joseph Goebbels. Mm-hmm. I mean, prop- the propaganda king, right? They adored that guy. If they could have saved him and brought him over, they would have loved it. 
right? But obviously they couldn't. But they like, brought I think over. Certainly, certainly his his methods made it over. <laughs> yes. Oh, his methods made it over, and then mm-hmm. some. Mm-hmm. But they took mm-hmm. all these other guys, not just for you know to, for the, you know for mind control, for the space program, for uh, psychological warfare, mm-hmm. which they then turned on the Vietnamese mm-hmm. and 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 even us to an extent. Yes. Oh, because absolutely. I think the, the 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 way they killed Kennedy was psychological warfare. It, it was that it was it was it was it, it was traumatic for everyone. So anyway, w- w- what I found there was is that these guys, Alan Dulles, helped tens of thousands of Nazi Party members not only get to South America, mm-hmm. not only get to some of our programs, but just get them here. Uh, there was a Nazi war criminal that they just there was that documentary. He was living in Detroit his whole life. He was a, in the auto business. It was again Henry Ford. Right. So all these Nazis come over and they're working in, in Detroit in the, you know, making cars. But people don't know that they're not only are they German, they're not just German. They're Nazis. They're not just Nazis. These this guy was a Nazi war criminal. He was in a concentration camp and was known as like the the devil of Auschwitz or something. I can't remember exactly what his what his thing was. So when you think about it, so then that then it's like, boom, all attention is on communism, the red threat, the Cold War starts. Etc. Etc. Propaganda machine is in place. Americans buy into it hook, line, and sinker because they control the narrative, because they control the media, right? Through Operation Mockingbird, which is mm-hmm. another CIA program. Cord yeah. Meyer is the one in charge of that. So they are it's propaganda where the the US us as US citizens in the early 60s are like, yeah, the red threat, the red threat. We don't know all these other things that are going on. Mm-hmm. But they control the narrative. And that's what they had. They had to, in order to kill Kennedy and get away with it. They had to control the narrative mm-hmm. and they did. So they knew that Walter Cronkite and Dan Rather and Peter Jennings, the mainstream media guys, they were going to get up there and be like, well, it was Oswald. You know, like mm. it was so stupid. Yep. It's an insult to our intelligence as free thinkers, as critical thinkers. It's a, it's a total insult to our intelligence. This is why I wrote the book. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. You're you're absolutely right. <clears throat> and now today, I mean, I think that we are experiencing the lasting effects and consequences of the assassination because, I mean, all of those programs, I feel, although officially they ended and, and the CIA doesn't do that stuff anymore. I think it's so obvious that they are. You know, we are living in a world that's controlled by all of these various methodologies. You know, every single day we're propagandized to the mainstream media, every single outlet, doesn't matter if it's on the left or on the right, uh, completely controlled, totally co-opted. I think that the CIA controls the entirety of the news spectrum at this point. If you're talking about, you know, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox News, CNN, all of them. And the only way that we can get around that is through uh, alternative venues such as this. You know, I mean, people trying to get to the truth and doing, you know, real objective research without the color of the specter of the CIA hanging over them, telling them what they have to report on and what uh, they're allowed to talk about. Um, You know, and I don't know where you fall politically, but I'm sure anybody can take a look at the entirety of 
President Trump's time in office. And it's so obvious that the narrative about who he was and what was happening, it was all controlled. Uh, and, you know, who would have the best vested interest in ensuring that uh, that someone like that, somebody who, like Kennedy, was seeking to uh, kind of set America free in a number of ways and, and bring us back to uh, a state of financial independence. And of course, they got to get rid of him because, uh, you know, he, he's a threat to everything they've built up over the last several decades. It, it in order to i think they're the people who control things and this we can go back to mesopotamia <laughs> ever since human civilization ever since there's been a society to be in it's been about the few controlling the many mm-hmm. no matter what society that was so we're not immune to that and that's the thing i have a whole section that talks about the psychology of this because I wanted people to better understand human nature to understand the Kennedy assassination, right? The idea that so many people believe the Warren commission Mm -hmm. because of something that something known as cognitive dissonance. If I believe the Warren commission, then it's just one lone nut assassin Mm -hmm. that killed the Kennedy. I can live with that. Correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, Exactly. But I'm not going to get into those details. The Warren (laughs) Commission said that's what happened. And that's why I I, look. Gerald Ford's a good man. (laughs) (laughs) He would never lie to us. No, of course. So, you know, but what's the alternative? If I don't believe the Warren Commission, because I'm a critical thinker, I'm objective. And the Jack Ruby thing is ridiculous. The magic bullet is the most ridiculous thing that anyone's tried to throw at anyone ever mm-hmm. <laughs> right uh, to explain something and the, and plus the million other reasons why we know it was a conspiracy mm-hmm. and it was not oswald if i believe that that makes me feel too uncomfortable sure hence cognitive dissonance i can't believe that my government my father literally father government as father mm-hmm. would do such a thing why because we're america we mm-hmm. wear the white hats. Yep. Back then, there was something known as American exceptionalism. Mm-hmm. It was a thing. It was an ideology. We were the good guys. We wore the white hats. We were the best country in the world. And certainly after World War II in the 50s and stuff, we most certainly, you know, like at, at least on the outside where, you know, it's like, well, you can live a good life here. Most you know, quality of life and all these things. Plus, we were the good guys. We defeated the Nazis. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we thought. Ostensibly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And but but the reality is our government is no different than any other government. Yeah. Ever. Ever. And it's always been that way. The founding fathers try to do a really good thing. And it's like, was it uh, was it Benjamin Franklin or John? Who Who's the one who said you have a republic if you can keep it. I think that was Jefferson. Yeah, it, it, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I know yeah, that it might um, have been Franklin, but one of those well, the guys. He had. He had <laughs> I think pretty pretty, for, pretty sure Franklin had the quote about. Uh, oh God, it was uh, it, basically about you, you don't deserve to have your republic if you can't uh, hold on to it. It's something I don't know. I, you, somebody in yeah. the chat will know, and they'll definitely tell us. But but yes, <laughs> yes. I think that the founding fathers, you know, they had uh, great things in mind, and slowly it was eroded over the years. You know, I mean, you look at these 
seminal moments in American history, you know, the, the founding of the central bank, you know, okay, well, there's one, you know, and then we just move closer and closer to total annihilation, complete control. And they have, uh, you know, solidified that power structure and their grip on humanity and their control over us uh, gradually as time goes on. And it's like that, the pot of boiling frogs, you know, I mean, people didn't really notice. And then maybe in the last five years or so, I think we've had a lot more people waking up uh, to uh, the realization that things are not what you've been told. Certainly with uh, many of these major events that have happened uh, in American life, it's a completely different story than what you were led to believe. And um, I'm glad we have people like you out there writing books like this, because the more we can continue to talk about it, I think the greater the chances we have of waking people up and kind of uh, opening opening them up to larger subjects, even beyond this, because there's so much that's unexplored. There's so much that uh, people, are, they need to recognize that the world they think they live in is not the world that they're actually existing in. And uh, we have some work to do, obviously. We've got to take these bastards down. All right, uh, you guys, I'm going to go through the final questions over here, uh, or the thank yous, rather, on the foxhole, and we'll see if there's anything final for Jack. Uh, M3 Meek said, uh, bring the pain. East 10 said, hey, fam, thanks for always sharing the truth. Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. Redeemed Patriot. Uh, when nothing makes sense, look to Jesus. He is absolute truth. M3 Meek also said, I think Kyle Rittenhouse trial versus trails to come. JFK is president to come. Justice needs support. Not sure. I think I, I, I don't I'm not sure exactly what you're saying there. But Insight Gino, thank you for the can. M3 Meek says, what do you think about a rich man's game facts or bs so a rich man's game have you ever heard of this this is a documentary about the assassination of jfk and they put together a fairly elaborate theory about uh, a dozen or so people that were potentially involved and uh, so yes and any thoughts on that well it's definitely rich men playing a Certainly. rich man's game yeah you know and again I, I i avoid saying who exactly was in that room when you know like okay we got to get rid of him like i yeah. i i wasn't there right and we all have to kind of say that listen i wasn't there so i don't know who was behind the grassy knoll i don't know who was under the man cover maybe i don't know who was on the sixth floor but there are some things we can surmise based on you know ob- objectivity mm-hmm. and critical thinking and facts you know, and so, you know, from that standpoint, yeah, it was definitely, it's always been a rich man's game. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when we were to go to the Vietnam War, it wasn't the guys that were starting the Vietnam War, it wasn't their sons who were going to go and get killed. Yeah. It's the poor people, poor people that, that, you know, they don't, they're not in college. So they, they go right from high school. They're patriots. They're indoctrinated. They're waving flags. They're going to Vietnam and then the they're coming grinding. back in body bears, body bags. Yeah. So, yeah, it's always been a rich man game. And I don't know the specifics of that one, but like it, it overall, it's a rich man's game. OK, uh, Vader three sixty nine. Good to see you. Thank you for that. C. Blanche says hello to you all. Filter dog one said Alan Dulles was the devil. Uh, yeah, he and his brother certainly were pretty close anyways. Uh, Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. Filter dog said Alan Dulles gave Ukraine the SS a pass. Now we have the Azovs. Are you aware of this, that uh, after uh, World War II, elements of the Nazi SS 
moved over to Ukraine, set up shop there, and the CIA cultivated them as their own private mercenary force in Eastern Europe in an effort to kind of hold back that scourge of communism. And now here today, we have uh, the Azov Battalion, which openly displays the signs and symbols of the SS on their uniforms. Have you been following the situation in Ukraine at all? No, I did not know that. I, oh, I've yeah. been so I've been yeah. so buried in this book. And, and I can the imagine. Thing is, no, but you know, listen, you have the Eastern Europe's always been a horror show, mm-hmm. especially with Nazis. Yep. Uh, that's about my extent of knowing about that. But like, yeah, yeah, I know. I, I don't know the details about that. No. Okay. All right. Well, it's deep, and maybe your next book you can look into it. All right. So, uh, you guys, I don't have any other uh, uh, questions or super chats or anything. So, Jack, considering it's the end of the show, I always like to ask my guests, what do you want the audience to take away from our conversation the most? I want them to realize that don't don't believe me, right? Don't believe anyone. Do your own research. That's why I wrote the book the way I wrote it. I interviewed people. I documented it. Here you go. And what I'm hoping happens with the book is when people read it, there's there's probably a chapter or two they're really going to be into. And they're going to be like, you know what? I'm going to read more about this. And then they do their own work. And that's the way you do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what I hope that this book does. And so far, that's the feedback I've gotten. I made it easy to read. It's very like each chapter is an interview. It's, 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 it's compelling. And I'm proud of that because I, that's what I want to do. It's like Oliver Stone in 91, right? Like I'm going to throw this out there. Mm -hmm. Now you, it's up to you. What does Costner say at the end of that movie? It's up to you. He -hmm. looks right into the screen at us, right? But it is up to us. And I took that very seriously and years later wrote a book. So I'm hoping that maybe some 21 year old kid reads this book and then's like, you know what? (laughs) i'm gonna follow up on this because that's what we have to do all right i like it jack where can everybody find your work where can they buy the book uh you know easiest place is always amazon it's available on amazon but i also have a website it's jackrothauthor.com and on there they have i have links to amazon barnes and noble other retailers uh you know that where you can find the book and my other stuff's on there uh, as well. And you can learn more about a couple of things. And I have these shows I'm, I'm linking to that. So if anyone wants to listen to any of these, they can also listen to that. So okay. yeah, those are the best place, best places. Okay. Awesome. I'll send you over a link. If you want to embed this on your website, I'd be happy to be included among the other esteemed colleagues that you've uh, done interviews with. And uh, uh, also Jack, I said, meant Jack is a documentary filmmaker. We didn't even get into that stuff. I, w- I would love to have you back so we can talk about that. Cause that's also a subject of great interest to me. So thank you very much for being here, Jack. I really appreciate you hanging out with us tonight. Hey, again, thank you for having me. I had a ton of fun. This was great. Absolutely. You're always welcome back. And to everybody out there in the audience, thanks for hanging out with us. I'll be back on Monday at 6 p.m. for Red Pill News Live. And until that time, good luck and God bless. We'll see you Monday.
When it comes to stubborn belly fat, we're all searching for a miracle pill. Generally, you have to use multiple products that target belly fat differently to manage excess weight around the stomach. Some products may focus on abdominal exercises or dietary changes, while others might focus on boosting metabolism or controlling cravings. But believe it or not, I may have found a solution that removes the need for juggling through multiple weight management products. It's called Belly Trim, and it's more effective at targeting belly fat, enhancing metabolism, and promoting a toned midsection better than most weight management products I've seen typically found on store shelves. Tens of thousands of five-star reviews back up the notion that Belly Trim is not only a breakthrough in a bottle, but that it also removes the need for us to use countless diet pills and fat-burning supplements. But there's more. If you place your order for Belly Trim now, you'll also receive 51% off free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, two free new e-books titled Top 10 Foods That Burn Belly Fat, and Top 10 Exercises to Reduce Belly Fat, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee, and last but not least, free shipping. Simply go to www.trimwithus.com. That's www.trimwithus.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's www.trimwithus.com. Order now. Energy bills are rising at a historic rate, and there's no end in sight. Talk to enough people, and you'll soon realize nearly everyone's shocked at their recent electricity bills. Some studies reveal energy costs have skyrocketed by as high as 60% in as little as two years. That's why tens of thousands are installing this magical little device from SavePowerBills.com to help slash their energy bills. This sophisticated gadget stabilizes electrical currents, reduces dirty electricity, and helps protect your appliances and electronics. Simply plug it into your home wall outlet to help lower energy consumption and ultimately help reduce your power bills every month. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this device is one of the most efficient ways to save money while beating the greedy power companies. But there's more. If you order now, you'll also receive 65% off, fast shipping within the USA, hassle-free returns, and last but not least, a 60-day satisfaction guarantee. Just go to SavePowerBills.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. Once again, that's SavePowerBills.com. Violent crime across the U.S. has skyrocketed. Just recently, a politician was carjacked by three armed attackers outside his home in Washington, D.C. This comes several months after another politician was assaulted in the elevator of her building. Between mass shootings, kidnappings, burglaries, and carjackings, it's never been more vital to learn how to protect yourself. This is why tens of thousands are choosing the Fighter Flare Flashlight. The Fighter Flare Flashlight has awed people with a wonderful design and massive light output. On top of an ultra-bright 800-lumen light, it boasts powerful strobe lighting modes for self-defense, a glass-breaking hammer, a built-in power bank, solar-powered recharging, rope cutter, siren, and much more. Countless five-star reviews back up the notion that this flashlight is the latest and greatest in the EDC market. But there's more. If you place your order for the Fighter Flare Flashlight now, you'll also receive 66% off, free express shipping, and last but not least, a 100% lifetime guaranteed replacement. Simply go to www.fighterflare.com to take advantage of this limited-time deal before they sell out. www.fighterflare.com. Order now.